At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Welcome to Oral Hygiene. It is the podcast where we talk about educational films, experimental avant-garde films, and interesting documentaries. Matt's here. Andrew's here. Andrew's here. Thank there he you. is. You're... This is the dawning of the age of an evil millennium today. We're <laughs> just dawn of an evil millennium. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, again, actually, yeah, this week is both things you sent my way. So, what the yeah. hell is this, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this is um, a Damon Packard film. And uh, this was one of the very first that he came out with. He's an American underground filmmaker. And uh, this is an experimental horror movie. This is about 25 minutes long, made in 1988. And um, it's odd, but it's also really entertaining. Um, it seems to be about like a guy who's turned into some kind of like bloodthirsty zombie monster. And in the third act of the film, the heroes show up and reveal like what the plot of the movie is. And the rest of it turns out to be a trailer for something that was never actually made. Yeah, it's, um, a, tw- it's a 20 minute trailer for an 18 hour film. That sounds legit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because at the end they say that, you know, obviously it's a joke. This movie is never coming, but it was a student film. It was something that he made in film school. And so um, I really love it because um, I, um, it was a super eight. And so um, there's a lot of like evil deadness to it, a lot mm-hmm. of early Peter Jackson ness to it. Yeah, I can see that. Um... What did I put? Oh, I, I just put that this is what like Fast and Furious films should be like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but the, the entertainment value of this comes from the fact that um, Packard is a, an amazing editor. I mean, this thing would be if they applied this his style to a horror movie now, it would just drive people bonkers. I mean, it moves really fast. The audio is insanely. Pr- Did you feel that this was scary? No, I mean yes. The few that ju- it's not scary jump cuts. I hate uh, one you know Event Horizon style jump cuts really piss me off. Uh, this doesn't have. This has tons of jump cuts, but th- none of them seem to quite do that because it's like cityscape. Blah. That's just funny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean like the sound and the way he because this actor he has that's playing this. Should we call him vampire? Should we call him zombie? He's got sharp teeth and blood. Okay. He's got sharp teeth and blood all over his face. Once I give you the the trailer stuff, don't they mention something about space? Yeah, he's like a demon from space that has come down to uh, destroy humanity. And then they've got these cop and his partner who are going to go up against him and stop him. But this is the last two minutes. (laughs) I was going to say, this is after a good 20 minutes of watching this monster just go around acing people. Lots of gore, lots of blood, not necessarily special effects like head crushings and things like that, but just like splattering blood and really kind of almost 
I mean, this was like borderline psychedelic imagery with some of it, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I put, put one of my first notes is like this film, like the physical medium act, you know, got high. <laughs> like it came out of the canister and found a, 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 a blunt, right? <laughs> Did you like it? I, I don't even know, to be honest. I was just <laughs> definitely fascinated by watching it. Well, my final okay. note, my final note, I, I mean, I liked it, but my final note is like, what the fuck did I just watch? Oh, oh did we just watch? I, I include you. How nice of me. Okay. Oh, well, I'd seen it before. I'm actually, a, I'm a fan of Packer. I enjoy his work. I do find him a really inspiring filmmaker because, you know, you think about this and like, even if it was made tomorrow, it would be impressive. No, but I was having that trouble was... placing the date. Like I was like, cause they clearly are like kind of referencing they live a little bit. Because they have uh-huh. a little the soundtrack, down, down, down. then the guy gets aced, right? <laughs> yeah. like, and, and then I was like, oh, is this guy on the rooftop supposed to be like a shitty Matrix? I'm like, oh, it's 88. Well, it can't be. So, <laughs> No, no. Um, yeah, it was an 80s student film, obviously made before digital video and before nonlinear editing. And so, yeah, to me, the fact that he pulls off this like fairly frightening um, demonic character, the, the sounds that he makes are just really... I just found, let's put it this way. If it was to be turned on in a room when you were in the dark and like maybe just woken up, this would mess you up. Yeah. And, uh, and, and also just the, the way that the way that it's cut, like you were saying, where he can suddenly just be like screaming, ah, the look of him is, I think, frightening. Um, it's just other, uh, overall, the other anachronistic reference I got is, and it hadn't happened yet was, um, it kept making me think of like Edgar suit and men in black, you know, he kind of moves that way yeah. a lot. yeah he's got a contorted all of it though just makes for and there are moments that are just blatantly comedic especially like the further along you get um when it seems to show outtakes of the heroes of the guy trying to light his cigarette really cool and he burns himself you know i mean you asked if i liked it and it's definitely in the film for this podcast this is definitely a film you would throw on at a movie just a, a a party i mean a kind of did i say party you throw on a movie the kind of movie you throw on a party you know <laughs> yeah, you did. just to play with people's minds <laughs> well yeah because if you're having a conversation or doing anything and then this movie is on you're gonna stop and go whoa because it's not just about like being like weird it actually i mean it i think it would i think it does play for the evil dead and the like basket case kind of crowd yeah this actually does not count as the cinema transgression formally, does it? No, because um, I feel it like was not in that scene, right? Yeah, no. It, the thing is, it has things in common with that because the people who did the cinema transgression, uh, particularly in the case of people like Charles Pinion, Nick Zed, Richard Kern, they loved horror. They loved stuff like Evil Dead. Yeah, but to me, this the idea of you know what the hell are you going to see next? Seems this film seems to even do better than some of those uh current films and stuff <laughs> yeah it does because i think it keeps its focus on some sort of narrative and some sort of story whereas with Kern, um sex and violence were kind of like shown interchangeably for shock value and there was a degree a large degree of kink involved which had to do with you know the various scenes in new york city at the time whereas this guy, I think, was more of like the Jim Van Beber school of just guerrilla filmmaking. And it's like, okay, how freaky could I be with just what I have? And a lot of its power comes from the way that it's shot and the way that it's cut. Because 
Um, and there's a sci-fi element too, which oh, yeah. I thought was great. Like suddenly, Alpha Centauri is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's where they start the trailer yeah. stuff. They're like, now that we have aliens, we better start explaining something here. Yeah, about 10 minutes in, I would say, is when some sort of narration begins. And you get some sort of idea of the context and of what you're seeing. Because for the most part, this movie is, at least in the beginning, a guy running around acting like a maniac and killing people. Right. Like and, a, and you like can't an, understand any of the dialogue almost, right? I was no. like, am I supposed to be understanding this? And uh, uh, can, can we do the... <laughs> no, it doesn't sound as good. I was, I was wondering how hard Bill Hicks's microphone trick really was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's meant to be disorienting and it's meant to be freaky, but it's really exciting. Like when you hear experimental film, I think a lot of people think, oh, this is going to be boring and, you know, like just different kind of... Uh, you know, images being juxtaposed just for the hell of it. No, here but you get here, zombie alien car chase with, you know, Vangelis <laughs> or something. Yeah, the car chase is fantastic, which you know they weren't really chasing, you know, weren't they didn't have a real car chase kind of thing going on. You, you, you see like him push the pedal and you hear the sound of it. You see headlights and you see explosions, but it's, you know what I mean? None of it's actually happening. I, mean, I he did great. Think- I think he actually did take one of those old driver simulation films and just speed it up and stick it in. I mean, it's, you figure what would he have had access to back then? Library stuff would have yeah, probably like, been easier. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he had a friend who worked at the driver's ed and just like, hey, let me borrow that film. <laughs> I don't know, but it has that feel and that look. You're absolutely right. Uh, but it's very entertaining, I thought. Despite no, being I, like, I would be disappointed if he filmed it, to be honest. I, I really hope he did repurpose some drivers. <laughs> he had to have. He <laughs> had to have. A lot of this stuff feels um, like things that are either found or stock. And that's, I think, what makes a great filmmaker on that level, and especially in the experimental category, is what you are able to do with things that are just kind of available and then shoot around them something really interesting to tie it all together. Once, once the cops show up, there is some fantastic sucker punching. There is. There is an actor in this that he must have been friends with, Miles O'Keefe. And um, he takes a good, like, kind of fake punch to the face. And it's, he does a real kind of, like, picture punch, they call it, where it's a, the kind of punch that's only done in the movies. Where you don't see the actual contact. I saw a, I saw a pretty intense sucker punch on Monday. Sorry. Yeah, I was teaching kids aged about uh, six to nine in this class, and night actually mm-hmm. is a very nice class. But one kid's just like, you know, kind of psychotic or something. He's kind of like one of those kids going around punching everyone a little bit, right? Kicking like, stop, stop, you know, give them a warning. And then we're just standing there. We're about to do a game, right? Over, and then he just turns around to the kid next to him, boom, giant haymaker. And oh no. Yeah, I kicked him out of class at that point, but <laughs> yeah, he can't, he can't be around other kids. <laughs> but I was like, whoa! Was <laughs> like that he, to the head or to the body? To the head. Oh my God. <laughs> Fortunately, he's, I guess he's not that strong, but uh, I was just like, that was an, an intense haymaker sucker punch there, dude. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, the, um, the point being, it was similar to the one I saw in this movie. <laughs> in this movie. So, now, did uh, the punch happen before you saw this movie or after? Before. Okay. <laughs> so if it would have happened after, you'd expect the kid to go like... Rrr. 
Oh, right, right. I <laughs> Suddenly think he, have a face full of blood. I think he does that a lot anyway, but I haven't yeah, seen a face full of blood yet, but... <laughs> yeah, well, it's coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they also um, have various degrees of this demon in here because it also around the 10 to 15, 15 minute mark, uh, he becomes like completely charred. His face looks totally black and uh, his hands are as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is what they should have when we talked about Psych by the 4D Witch when the brother turns into like a sex vampire. It's just so shitty. Just insert this film in there when he's supposed to become a vampire or whatever. And uh, <laughs> that should work. Yeah. No, it would work. I because think so. This film is equally whack to that one. Although we, I feel weird saying Psych by the 4D Witch is like more, has a more coherent story, but it kind of does. <laughs> no, it kind of does. <laughs> Which no, is, I mean somebody with psyched the forty witch had to make had to be like, look, man, we got to pull this thing together somehow. I mean, yeah. this has to have. <laughs> but okay. I mean, f- when you think about experimental film, I mean, do you feel like this falls into that category? Or you think this is one of those ones that's kind of borderline? Had it had a little bit more, could it have been cut into a narrative feature if it added more things with the cops? Well, I, I I just listened to a podcast about Dark Star actually, where Dark Star was fifty minutes long originally because it was a student film, mm-hmm. and then they had a few rounds of later production where they pumped it. I think they pumped it up another fifty minutes and pulled it back and then shot just a little more. Like it was really weird how how it happened. I mean, the whole Alien Beach Ball was a later edition. Um, now that not, the original Dark Star was fifty minutes, there was already quite a bit there. But what if you did expand this to say an eighty minute feature? Or yeah. an eighteen-hour yeah. feature. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much could you reasonably watch of this? Um, it's the way that it's cut together. I feel like it's a pretty much like a sensory assault. Yeah, if it and was think, a legit dialogue scene or something, it would kind of like deflate the film, maybe. Yeah. Do you think the stuff at the end with the heroes takes away from it? Not really. I actually kind of like that because it's like, like I said, it's like the film crawled out of its canister and got high, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it also shows that the people weren't taking themselves super seriously that made it. And let's face it, the guy, the times that they do show the demon in its most human form, he looks super goofy. I guess now that we're taking the uh, airplane view of the stuff, is that an experimental film trope? Deflating your film like that at the end. We talked about the quack. <laughs> we, you kind of did it with space boobs. <laughs> Where yeah. it just kind of like, uh, you know, it starts to sort of deconstruct itself. Or, or in this case, probably construct itself somewhere way down the line. I think in this case, it is, it is a way of constructing itself. But um, I don't feel like he ever had any plan to make it into anything more than it was either. I know that there's still talk of a sequel to this. I have no clue if he plans on actually doing that, but it would be interesting to see if it was he was able to like reharness this because in his other work, in his later work, he naturally got a better as a filmmaker, but he did lose some of his ability to just make some wild shit like this. Um, so I can't say whether or not this other stuff is actually better, but it is a bit different. Well, yeah, they were doing a little older than we were, but I think we were just running around with the camera doing the same sort of shit, you know, so <laughs> as teenagers. Yeah, so. I will say that, have you seen a movie called Beyond the Black Rainbow? 
Um, I've seen some of it. I, I definitely know of the movie and what the vibe is there. Well, I, I bring that up because I would be interested in, in knowing your take on how it ends. Because oh, the ending, okay. that the first time I saw the ending, it infuriated me. Like, I loved, like, 90% of the movie, and then I absolutely hated the last 10%. But later, as time went on, I started to think about it in terms of deconstruction and in terms of humor, uh, the way that you were talking about. And I actually now really love it. So if you do get a chance to see, um, I think it falls into the category of science fiction. Yeah, but there I, is it crossed my horror. mind. I never quite thought of which... Uh which of these two podcasts it's a perfect fit for. But uh, no, I started watching yeah. it five years ago and, and uh, uh, it's got, you know, glacial pacing, right? And I just wasn't feeling it at the time. So I- Yeah, it does. It's um, Panos Cosmatos. He later made um, a movie called Mandy, I believe, with Nick- Nicolas Cage. And that one was a little bit more Hollywood paced rather than indie film paced. But um, yeah, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Best scene is a midnight movie. Um, I saw it in the at Cinefest at GSU, and there was like no one in the theater except me and my date, and it really like sucks you in. Um, I found it to be kind of fantastic, but yeah, the way it ends is very unexpected, and I'd be interested to see what you thought could, yeah. based on the, what you said about uh, this. But I agree, I agree. I think that's what they were doing. Yeah. So then getting back, yeah, I liked it. It's probably one that you do again. You probably should watch it twice. If you can handle yeah. it. So, because uh, the second time it, you know, now, I don't know, but then that you, it doesn't have quite the sensory assault anymore because you kind of know what they're getting at. Yeah, there's nothing like the first time you watch something like this. It's, it's a bit mind blowing, but I don't think anyone would sit there and go like, I need to turn this off because I'm bored. Right. Oh, no, no, I don't think that would happen. <laughs> Even though there's just... relatively incoherent through most of it, you're still, it's not boring. It's just incoherent. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You kind of, but this is what I love about experimental film and to a degree indie film is because they know what you're expecting because they know what you've seen, the, the kind of movie you've seen the most. So, in that regard, and I consider this to be experimental horror, um, it's in a way the most true horror, which is the mysterious and the unexpected. Right. Oh, speaking of which, the one. The one note I, I kind of missed there is when the trailer starts, I was like, are they just trying to explain the Highline, Highlander to us or something? Like probably the second <laughs> one. <laughs> it did it did seem that way. Um, I was a bit on the fence of it being spoiled by that, but I just thought, yeah, they were kind of reining themselves in a little bit. And it gives you more enough of an idea of who the filmmakers are. If this wasn't on there, you'd think, oh, these people might just be like, you know, super splatter punks or something but yeah i'm just trying um, to blow your mind man yeah <laughs> but this shows you that they're actually fans of i think mainstream film i mean right. the whole cop buddy cop thing but that shot of how they had the the alien ship like clip the guy yeah that was really cool because there was never actually a ship made <laughs> so yeah good good uh, budget effects <laughs> yeah and good no uh, it's great you're uh, we are fans of budget effects, of course. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. No, and so another reason to watch movies like this, if you're someone that wants to make your own, is that um, these movies made in this style on this budgetary level um, really make you feel like I could do that. You know, there's not a whole lot of mystery as terms of how they did it. 
Right, right. It's it's still inventive, of course, but uh, yeah. So you think I can't imagine there's any experimental filmmakers that are just like I exclusively watch other experimental films. And that seems like you. Mm. Maybe there is, but yeah, <laughs> seems like uh, I find throw on something from I mean, time to time. Yeah, if you if you were concerned about like originality, you wouldn't want to you know unconsciously like you know have this influence of someone else's experimental film. But I like them. The most fun experimental film people would be people that hate films and never watch films, <laughs> but they're obsessed with making experimental films. Like Dr. Seuss writing kids books, hates kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then Roll Dolly. Yeah. The homies in that way. Yeah. No, I'd just be like, I hate. I, here's, here's my experimental film. I turn on the camera with my toe and then I kick the camera down the street. <laughs> Could be cool. <laughs> I take a dump on the lens. This is what I think of you, cinema. The blind photographer and pecker. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what it would be. I mean, who knows? My kid was one when uh, they made their first movie, and it was literally me just handing them a camera that was already on to see what they would film. <laughs> and it turned out freaky. <laughs> I, really I guess was, it would. <laughs> it was genuinely freaky. <laughs> Um, and there's been some other films you've made at your queue. That's right. Speaking of, um, my friends and I here in Athens, Georgia, we're called Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. We are currently celebrating our 20-year anniversary. Uh, thanks to the continued help of people like you. who the listener? Uh, who bring... No, no not, <laughs> not the listener. No, you're thinking of PBS. No, yeah, From I viewers know. like you. It's that no, for it people, like. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, combine what they do. As we know, film is a combination of all the arts, but together, and uh, so we, we make it work as a group from all our combined efforts. It's a it's a Voltron with with big boobs and uh, menstrual blood all around its feet. And um, if you're in the Athens, Georgia area, November twelfth and thirteenth, we'll have our um, midnight movie show, which will happen at eleven fifteen. <laughs> so not quite 12 well i mean i guess we don't stay up that late anymore or we do they don't the older people get the more they complain about how late my show is and so we're gonna get them like good and sloshed around 10 p.m at the bar and then the movie at 11 ish oh breaking news kylo ren won i got these little miniatures on my bass speaker down here and the ray has fallen off so <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get more like that (laughs) That that's pretty good (laughs) kylo Kylo, i hope i hope kylo shows up in the sequel to this yes 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 adam driver does experimental films right (laughs) or indie films. that's right yeah he could be the driver oh yeah lots of cars here anyway this is oral hygiene facebook twitter you're listening to it now you found it this far uh, Podcastio Podcastius is the Patreon where you'll find this and other episodes. And when I think about posting them early, I post them early, which sometimes means a month, but sometimes it's like two days. Yeah, a moment of silence for that sentence. Okay. Yeah, I was just <laughs> blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> 
Oh, this one? Uh, actually, this one's pretty close. Uh, this one this one gets posted in three days. Okay. No, no, the last one we do gets posted in three days. You have to wait 10 days for this one. But that's neither here nor there because the person listening to it is listening to it in the now. That's right. Well, you know, if you watch this movie and you don't know what the hell it is and want to talk to us about it, uh, keep moving. I don't want to talk to you about it. Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done.